0: taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond seventh wave network
1: good afternoon and welcome to authentic living with andrea matthews over the next hour You'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Welcome to Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews. You know, if you were to ask me what is the single hardest thing for us to do, my answer would be learning to love what is. Byron Katie, our guest for today, has developed a very clear pathway to learning to loving what is. To, lear- to learning to do, to love what is, a process that she calls the work. After a 10-year fall into depression, anger, and addiction, Byron Katie woke up one morning several years ago and realized that all suffering comes from believing our thoughts. Through the process she now calls the inquiry, she questioned every painful thought she had. Once she had finished with her own personal inquiry, she developed a method we can all use to bring us to peace, a method she calls the work. Katie has been bringing this work to millions around the world for more than 20 years through several different means, from free events to a 28-day residential turnaround program. She believes that it is her mission to teach people how to stop their own suffering. She's written three best-selling books, including Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life, I Need Your Love, Is That True? The subtitle is How to Stop Seeking Love, Approval, and Appreciation and Start Finding Them Instead, and the last book of those bestsellers, A Thousand Names for Joy, Living in Harmony with the Way Things Are. And she published Question Your Thinking, Change the World, in 2007. Today we're going to be talking with Katie, as she is affectionately called, about loving what is, as well as her latest book out just last year, Who Would You Be Without Your Story? Katie, welcome to Authentic Living. Thank you so much for taking of your time and energy to give to our listeners something of your understanding of life.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome, Andrea.
2: Okay, well, I just want to jump right in here since we have just a short time to talk. Can you you, you tell us that your, our stressful thoughts cause all the suffering in the world? How do you define suffering?
3: Well, you know, actually, on um, our thoughts, um, another way of looking at it is our thoughts don't cause any suffering. It's um, when we believe our thoughts. Right and then this could uh, maybe make it a little simpler, even though what we believe is made up of thoughts, just to kind of help people um, understand a little more closely that you know thoughts are not our enemy they're not our enemy, and we you know, when we um, experience um, thoughts like our stressful thoughts that bring on the high blood pressure that bring on the the stress, etc., the the strokes, the heart attacks—all of these conditions. When we're experiencing um, those thoughts, if you know, if we were able to look at them and understand them, and uh, if we knew how to deal with them, then um, you know, where's the problem, and what the work? You know, it, what I actually call this process that I discovered. Um, the work shows us the most, the, the simplest way of understanding everything we think, and you know, it's it's um, thoughts move through our head all the time. Like, what a beautiful day! The sun is shining. I'm sitting here talking to Andrea. Um, you know, isn't um, isn't this a sweet moment? Those thoughts, you know, when we experience them, they're not a problem. But when thoughts Come in. Like, what am I going to do? Um, this is a terrible financial crisis. Uh, my health is terrible. My husband doesn't love me. Uh, my children don't listen to me. You know, experience what it feels like to believe those thoughts. If we were, um, if we didn't believe them, they would just kind of pass on through. But it's when we believe them that um,
2: that our inner
3: experience uh, experience shifts. And then, you know, what we believe, we see. So, um, and we can't see what we don't believe. So the world really shows us our um, what we're believing. And if we don't love the world, then um, if I don't love the world, it shows me that I need to look to my thinking, because it, it's it's like this, Andrea. It's like, um, love thy neighbor as thyself. I always have. I hated me. I hated you, and uh, I did the work and on, on, on thoughts about the world and people and myself and situations, and now on love me, love you. So our inner world really does project the world that we see. Okay. So really what you're saying is
2: it's not our circumstances first that create our suffering, it's our beliefs and our thoughts
3: that create our sufferings and our circumstances follow? Yes. Everything originates in the mind everything there's nothing that is not created by uh, the mind for example when you're asleep at night and you're not dreaming where's the problem there's no world there until mind wakes up and says i i'm awake i'm late for work i'm i'm too fat i'm too thin i'm too poor i'm too um ugly (laughs) you know on and on and on and you know we wonder why it's so difficult to get out of bed and we wonder why we're so tired at night we don't Pass out at night uh, from the physical work we do it's from what we 've been thinking and believing all day that's so exhausting right, right,
2: so how do you know that what you claim to be true is true?
3: Well, you know um the four questions in turnaround are what I use and what I suggest for people, like for example, he doesn't care about me, if someone had that thought or she doesn't care about me, you know, so I invite your listeners to um to in a mind's eye, um, picture someone that you um, have the thought, he doesn't care about me. And then you know, maybe you go back to when you were five years old, or maybe um, 10 years ago, or maybe today, there's someone in your life you, you um, believe, he just doesn't really care about you. And so the work, this inquiry that I offer the world, is a, a way to deal with that to see what's true and what isn't true, or what is it as it truer truer. So let's say he doesn't care about me. The first question, is it true? And I invite people to get very still and consider this question and notice how the mind wants to uh, debate and justify and defend and just notice. And uh, the second question, can you absolutely know that it's true that he doesn't care about you? and then to um, get very still again open your mind and notice what images come to show you, you know, the, the past, your past events and proof. And as you consider, well, you know, can I absolutely know that it's true that he doesn't care about me? And, um, and I invite people with those first two questions, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? I invite you to commit to either a yes or a no. The mind goes crazy with this. And just notice, for some of you, it's very difficult to just land on a yes or a no. And it's not some kind of contract you have to keep forever. It's just noticing, noticing, and land on one or the other before you continue. And then the third question, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And then just sit in that, to get very still and notice, notice. What happens when you think the thought, he doesn't care about me? How immediately images happen. They give you proof. You see images of the past and the future and just notice. Notice the emotional that um, comes out of um, the experience as you witness the images. And notice how do you treat that person and how do you treat yourself? This is the very place... Addictions begin to happen. You know, how do we react when we think the body doesn't care about me? All these images come. We feel it. We get emotional. We sometimes strike out at our children um, with anger or frustration. And then we wonder, you know, what's the matter with me? I'm in such a bad mood. I'm so depressed. And and then we reach for the cigarette we said we'd never smoke again. And we go to the refrigerator that we said, you know, we're through for the day. It's enough calories. It's. it's um, or the the tranquilizers that we uh, you know we're, we're trying everything to uh, bring ourselves to peace. But that third question, it's, it's, a, it's a big one. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? All four of these questions are on my website. They're always free, and a complete description of this. and examples you know on, from, on uh, clips that are also on YouTube. Fourth question: Who would you be without the thought? Who would you be? And I'm not asking you not to believe the thought or to go into denial. That doesn't work. Simply just consider in the same situation, who would you be without the thought? He doesn't care about you. Who would you be without that thought? And just to contemplate that and, and, and notice. And then when you've said in that one for a moment, a few moments, then turn it around. Find opposites. The work is four questions and turnarounds. So he doesn't care about me. An opposite, a turnaround is, I don't care about him. And then begin to find examples of where that has been as to a truer in your life. And notice how you maybe have treated that person in a way that has hurt you, has not felt right inside of you. And find examples of that. Another turnaround, I don't care about me. The original, he doesn't care about me, turned around, I don't care about me. Where is it that I am uncaring toward myself? Where is it that I am maybe um, less, maybe I care less about myself than he does when I really look at it? And, and just, just noticing these things um, show us um, uh, wonderful changes that are possible. We can't make people care about us, but, but we can work on ourselves. And how can I expect him to care about me when I don't care about me? So you know, our, work is, is, um, our work is our work, and it's a full-time job. And another turnaround, he does care about me. And to just sit in that and begin to find examples of where that may be as true or truer. And so that's the work. The work is a way to identify and question the thoughts that you yourself are thinking, the thoughts that cause all the violence and suffering in the world. And anyone, anyone with an open mind can do it. It's so, so simple. It doesn't take a teacher. If you're looking for a teacher, you're the one.
2: Right. So what you're saying, basically is what we're doing is trying to detach our identity from the way that we think.
3: Well, the way that we think is our identity, right. You know, I am the woman who um, who um, who someone doesn't care about and that particular in that particular, um, in that particular uh, concept that I was just dealing with, mm-hmm. uh, that is my identity. And until I question, uh, until I question that, you know, I'm going to hold that identity. But on the other side of the work, you know, we, as you say, we lose that identity. It begins to fall away. And uh, for me, I just live in a state um, of um, of just really pure gratitude. And I can't say how true that. Is. I just, I just can't say how true that is. Just a state of pure gratitude. And how can I help? And um, And just living out of the don't-know mind, you know, he doesn't care about me. If that thought came to me, I would just laugh, and and I can't help but laugh. You know, what do I know about another person's mind or heart? Let it begin with me.
2: Right. So the questions are internal reflections. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to come back in just a minute and talk more with Katie about the work, about Loving What Is, and about who would you be without your story? This is Andrea Matthews. This is Authentic Living brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
1: When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, Reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, Thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV cancer and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops.
0: Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
2: and we're back with Authentic Living, and today we're talking with Byron Katie about loving what is and who would you be without your story. We talked in the last segment about the work, and uh, Katie gave us a very clear definition of that work and gave some real clear uh, demonstrations of how it works. And I want to talk this time just a little bit about your personal story. You, what was your life like before you understood or you woke up to reality, and what was the experience you had that woke you up?
3: Well actually I was very depressed and I've um, come to see that of course I was depressed I was believing my thoughts I was believing almost everything I think and um if so you know being sort of like my my children don't listen to me and and, you know, I could be right about that, but I really believed it, and it was like concrete for me. I didn't. There was no slack for, is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? And, um, but thoughts, you know, I'm, and, and I named some of them. You know, I'm too fat, I'm, I'm not healthy, I should this, I should that, I shouldn't this and that, the world should or this and, you know, just on and on. And, and anyway, just very, very depressed. Believing my thoughts, and um, so um, full of self-hatred, really, that after more than a decade of really very, very painful, um, even clinical, uh, depression, I began to sleep on the floor because uh, I didn't believe I even deserved a bed to sleep in, and I would sleep on the floor next to my bed. And actually, one morning as I lay sleeping, and um, a um, cockroach crawled over my foot, and I opened my eyes, and and in place of all that darkness was another world. You know, no one told me that you you know I thought you had to die to get out of the hell I was in. So I was very suicidal, um, and too afraid to do to to do away with myself, but. In this particular um, moment when I opened my eyes, it was just, it was as though something new had been born, something that never existed. And it, it was as though it was looking out of these holes that turned out to be my eyes and looking out and it didn't know what anything was. It just looked. And then all of a sudden, it was like just awareness. And then all of a sudden, these thoughts hit my head, you know, just all these thoughts hit my head. In other words, it would be just like my usual thinking. The difference is I saw that they weren't true, and I saw that the moment they hit that the whole world was created. There was a sky, there were windows, there was a ceiling, there was a floor, there was a bed, there was there were colors, there were... So I could see, you know, when I hear in the beginning was the word, you know, in the beginning was the word and I believed it. And, you know, in my experience, that's the moment we're born, the moment we become believers. And um, so, again, thoughts aren't the problem when we believe our thoughts. The world's created out of that. So as um, as I noticed, you know, just looking out, of these eyes and the thoughts hit and then i saw this amazing world i saw how it was created and i began to laugh it's like the first thing out of this awareness was just pure laughter and now i call it i <laughs> before i i would have said it began to laugh and laugh and laugh and to me it's always like an it it's talking now, it thinks. And it's always like a humor that's running in me because um, uh, nothing's personal since that moment. And so I saw clearly that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. When I questioned my thoughts, I don't suffer. And since that since that time, I've come to see that it's true for every human being, every human being. So um, this work is... Very powerful because rather than teach what freedom is, um, which cannot be done, you know, it's these, we have wonderful truths that are written in, in, in wonderful books throughout the ages, and um, it's not enough. We have to realize it from the inside. So as people identify, what they're thinking and believing, and they use the work, these four questions and turnarounds, to, to um, look more closely at what they're believing, then, you know, I'm watching people, literally millions of people all over the world using this work, and they're getting free, getting free, getting free, getting free. You know, it, it's a way for us all to take our own minds back and end the suffering in our lives, in our minds, and in the world. I like to say, you know, all war belongs on paper. Any thought that would cause you stress, you know, that's war with the self. And so to put it on paper and to work it, to do the work with it, is um, is the most, it's it's like this amazing uh, service to oneself. It's an act of, of of love to see, just to stand with what we're believing, just one concept at a time, just stand with it as though it, it just came to us in our care to be met with some understanding finally. So I've come to see thoughts as children. You know what I shame them away, medicate them away, meditate them away, would I would I drink them away, drug them away, you know, just to meet them the way I would, you know, my dearest child, and to just stand with it in these four questions and turn around and to give it a chance to prove itself to me with an open mind. And And my mind just became just incredibly... Loving and caring, and that's really quite a miracle for someone that is living out of self hatred for so long for for so long
2: absolutely it was it was an absolute miracle, and there's i guess that's pretty rare. people don't have that kind of sudden awakening uh very often do they
3: well you know it it it, it still took a lot of work you know these 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 thoughts are they're old. They're as old as the ages. They're old and they're the same ones. You know, my husband, Stephen Mitchell, um a couple of years ago, he he translates marvelous um old uh um, He's a, a a scholar, uh and that's what he does. And and he uh he does such a wonderful job of it. His books are Stephen Mitchell at Stephen Mitchell dot com. But um, he translated Gilgamesh, and, and he goes into this, you know, these old languages, and he learns them so he can get close to it. But, but this is the oldest epic known to, uh, to mankind, and it was actually chiseled out in stone. And that's how it was written. It's our earliest story. Wow. And the concepts are the same ones, the same ones we're dealing with today. And as long as we believe our thoughts, you know, there is um, there's competition and war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, it seems to me, as I sort of put what you're saying and filter what you're saying into my own paradigm, It, it when you were talking about the it and the I, I think that's so um, true. I think that what happens is we've become so identified with the it that we can't find the I. Mm-hmm. And... and Sort of getting the garbage out of the way, so we can, or
3: the see. eye that we can't find the yet.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, true that we yeah. can't find the yet in the beginning. That's true. We don't even can't even give it a name either. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so all right, well, you've had this experience, and you still had a lot of work to do on yourself. What was your life like after that moment? I mean, you said your your mind changed into this loving entity. How do you think that
3: happened? Well, I. I no longer believe my thoughts, even though they would still rock me. Mm. You know it's not done until it's done so and and I uh, was born into the world like um, um someone would say, um, Your children are coming to see you and um, uh, when I was out of town and and you know before I experienced. You know, it, it's just really weird. Basically, people didn't recognize me. My children didn't recognize me. My husband at the time didn't recognize me. It was like I had the same body, but what was talking out of it was so radically different that it was very difficult for them uh, for a while. And I love that people don't have to go through that kind of horrendous experience, it's unnecessary. Um, We can start from where we are, no matter who we are. It doesn't matter if we only have one arm or one leg or we're tall or short or fat or thin. It doesn't matter. We all um, are in the perfect position to find freedom from here. And, um, you know, it doesn't take money. It doesn't take health. You know, freedom is our birthright. Happiness is our birthright. And uh, that we have it within it, within us to give it to ourselves. Right, right. And
2: that's something we haven't been taught to believe—that freedom and happiness are our birthright. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, my mother of the other generation, of that generation, said, "I never thought to be happy. I never thought I would be happy. I only expected to be productive." Yeah, yeah. And so we, we have not, generationally down through, as you said, this ancient archetype, thought of ourselves as having that ability.
3: Yes, and uh, you know I'm, it, and it's not a matter of, um, of um, just a state of mind. Yep, yep. So okay, we're going to talk some more about that after the
2: break. This is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today with Byron Katie. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Awakened Media for a transforming world.
2: Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more.
1: You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people, grunt if you have to grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, oh, uh. oh there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT, was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1 800 650 4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu. All my love.
1: Four seven two five seven nine five. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back today talking with Byron Katie about her um, program or her effort called The Work. And also, we're going to be talking in this next segment about her latest book called Who Would You Be Without Your Story?, and I want to just start there and, and get from you, Katie, what, what does that mean? When you ask that question, who would you be without your story? What does that mean?
3: Well, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. It's the fourth question in the work. And it's, um, it's um, you know, for, for people just to notice just in this moment now, who would you be without your story? I mean, what are you when your mind is silent? Right and and who who am I without my story, you know? Like right now, I'm 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 uh, facing. Uh, I'm sitting in a chair facing the wall, and there are two pictures on the wall, and and there are books on the shelf, and and there's a rug on the floor, and and I can see a window with the str- the sunlight streaming through it. Now. Who would I be without that story running in my head, you know, supposing there words like this? All of this, these thoughts running through my head. Who would I be just without that story, just being right here, right now, noticing, just noticing? And as I look at um, the pictures on the wall, who would I be without my story, you know? Uh, Without my story, what is that? Who am I? Mm -hmm. And just that space of noticing that without a story, you know, there's no problem. And that's a little scary for people. Mm -hmm. But then the mind comes in and, um, and just notices its story and then comes back and you notice, you know... Pictures on the wall. Nothing serious happening here, you know. And then the mind might kick in and say, uh, "Oh, I'm late. I'm late. I better, I better hurry." Or, "Oh, I have this, I have to go to this dinner tonight with so and so." Oh, I've got uh, my schedule's too heavy tomorrow. You know, all of these. And who would I be without my story? Just woman sitting on chair, mm-hmm. just noticing talking to my friend Andrea how simple how Right simple you know there's nothing that we can handle later this is later you know there's never more than we can do It's it's like everything I'm required to do I can only do now so right now it's the only time I ever have to perform, not later, not yesterday, you know, but just right here, right now, what else is possible? So it's all so simple, and I like to say I'm a woman without a future, and if I needed one, I'd get one, but why would I need one? Everything I need to do is right here, and so, oh my goodness, I, I, um, I live a simple life, there's there's never more than i can handle right and that's true for all of us as we notice on um, you know what can i do from right here right now this is all this is all that's required
2: and that thought is just an amazing thought to most of us especially in the western culture where there is, seems to be so much constantly required of us you know, as you're talking about the story, uh, Katie, one of the things that I think of as a therapist is that there there is something called an approach to mental health therapy called narrative therapy, and what you do with that therapy is you tell your story, you tell the story of your life, and you sort of narrate your own story, and, and from the perspective of the objective narrator, you get a different perspective on it, and that's a little bit like what you're talking about, that you're getting away from the story, not deliberately, not showing it away, but rather just sort of detaching from it some. It is kind of noticing mm-hmm. what's true and what's real and what's not. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that story, now when we say the story, it's the story of the moment, but it's also the story of the life that filters down into a moment. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So when I say, um, Katie, my story is that um, I've been depressed then I've got a long history of that story, and I may be experiencing it right this minute, but my history tells the whole story. Is
3: that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be like if you think the thought, I'm depressed, then the images would show you this history, and I call it mind's proof. Mm. It gives you all this proof. But are those images, or is that... You know, if, if I think he doesn't care about me, how do I react when I think that thought? Uh, you know, to believe it, I have to see these images and all the proof, and I'm watching those images of him not caring about me. And um, and then as I watch those images, then the emotional happens as a result of those images. That's what's meant by life is, is uh, just a dream. So... And if you look closely at those images in that third question, how do you react when you believe the thought? For example, he doesn't care about me. You're watching those images. Um, Or let's say you're questioning the thought. You're doing the work with the thought. He hurt me. And how do you react when you think that thought? The images begin to show him hurting you. And they, they show, you know, we'll just look at those images. All the proof that he's unkind, that he hurt me, it's unfair, I'm a victim. It all shows there. And as I watch that movie in my mind's eye, that we co- it's like we call it a past. But as we watch that movie, all the emotional, the physical starts to happen. As we it's just like sitting in a theater. So as we watch that movie, I invite. Uh, your listeners to to notice, is, is that even him? He doesn't, he, he hurt me. He hurt me is the concept we're working. And is that him in the image? And if you really look, it doesn't look anything like him. It's distorted. And then how do I react when I think the thought, he doesn't, uh, I mean, excuse me, he hurt me? Let's say if he walks into the room and says, hi, good morning. And where we've been witnessing that image, then the person that walks in is—we uh, see him as some kind of mean enemy. We're confusing him with the images in our head. Mm-hmm. So who would I be without without the thought he hurt me? And um, it's a different man walking in, into the room. There's no way for me to be angry. So um, that third question is so powerful, mm-hmm. you know people say we create our own reality well you know that's such an example of uh, of how we do that absolutely, absolutely. An, an example of like someone that that ha- we say um on on if someone thinks maybe i can't do that someone asks you to do something oh i can't i can't do it uh it's too hard it's too tough like i i won't go to school um, I won't even try, it's too hard, I'm not smart enough, um, I just can't do it, it's not possible. Well, in that moment, you're creating your reality. Right. You're just, and you, all the images come to show you flunking out, to show you being laughed at, to show you
1: failing, to
3: show, show you as um, some kind of bag lady or <laughs> out on the streets, you know, it's It's um, terrifying um these images that come um, and who would we be without our story? we become present and visit. I have a a great exercise that I invite people to uh, invite people to um, i I discovered there are only three kinds of business in all of the universe, mine, yours and God's and I talk about this in in loving what is and um, if, let's say, my, my daughter is in Alaska and I'm in California talking to you, Andrea, and she's in Alaska running her life, and mentally I'm in Alaska running her life, and there's no one here um, in California running my life. It's like there are two of us in Alaska and no one here with me. It's like my body's here and there's, there's no consciousness. So I invite um, your listeners, anytime they feel lonely, to ask themselves, mentally, whose business are you in? Whose life are you running? What world are you running from where you sit? And, um, and just that question can bring you back to where you really are, right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, no wonder I'm lonely. Um, I'm in Alaska, and my body's here. Right. So that's massive separation from the self. So um, to be present, right here, right now, is just the greatest service to self. For one thing, there's no fear in it. Here we are.
2: Right here, right now. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's true. I think so much. We I, I, I work with so many people who say that they're they're very lonely and. My response to that is always that loneliness is absence of the self. Mm -hmm. We send ourselves away and then wonder where we went.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's so right on.
2: Right, right. Okay, so the story we tell is not necessarily the truth then.
3: No, and and we do war over what we believe to be our truth. Mm -hmm. And then we have some kind of epiphany, if we're lucky, that wakes us up. But it's not enough for us. We deserve more. And the work gives us, um, you know, it, we don't have to wait. We can give it to us. We can give us this freedom any time we're caught up in our story. And it's so simple. And, again, you know, it's always on thework.com, always free of charge. And um, I have a, uh, some downloads there where people, um, um, when they download, like, a uh, judge or neighbor worksheet, for example, on, it directs people on how to identify their thoughts. It makes it simple for us to spill everything out. Okay,
2: I'm going to stop you right there. Um, Katie, we're going to come back to that downloadable site when we come back after the break.
0: awakened media for a transforming world seventh wave network i begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance to trust and appreciate when guidance comes with these intentions each day is easier to navigate hi i'm sonia choquette when i decided to trust my guidance and further my education I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, over there over there's the water whoosh whoosh and look at all this stuff i'm standing on it's called sand and it's everywhere this woman may sound silly to you and me it's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks teeny little pieces of rocks but to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him (laughs) she makes perfect sense how does it feel when you touch the sand Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.
2: Hello and welcome back. This is our final segment of uh, Authentic Living today. We're talking with Byron Katie and uh, learning all about the work and uh, loving, learning to love what is as well as who would you be without your story. And, Kay- Katie, you were telling us just before the break about your website. I want to learn more about what you're doing. Tell us about all the other things you're doing. Well, you know, one of the
3: things um, that excites me is an um, a nine-day school that um, that I do a couple of times a year, and it's um, it's it's so radical, Andrea. People who do the school, I call it the school of you, mm-hmm. and people who come to to do their school, on um, they leave on um, as different human beings. And what I love about it is that it doesn't dissipate; it gets stronger, and they continue. I'll meet them years later or months later and and it is it's continuing to unravel, and they're getting freer and freer and I know that that um, people go home and their families don't recognize them they're they listen they where they didn't before they um, they understand where they're patient where they were impatient they're open, where they were closed they're they're uh, happy uh, where they were angry it's it's a most amazing process the way this does shift um, our belief system, and we're not trading it on um, thoughts for thoughts it's like we're doing the work with what we're believing, and then we're left as whatever it is that's left. And it seems that um, it doesn't seem, every time we question what we're believing, we come out as a kinder human being, a clearer human being, and more creative, and less tired, and our decisions are so radically different on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment uh, scale that even we are shocked and surprised. But I love that nine-day school. And I'm there from early morning to late at night, all nine days. It's, it's, it's a most amazing experience. And that's coming soon. That's um, next month, uh, the 13th through the 22nd and that you'll find that on the um, events page at the work.com okay and that's the work t h e w o r k.com
2: mhm and uh, so people can still enroll in that particular one that's coming up yes. in
3: march yes it's still open and um, it's um, um, in los angeles and people can fly in and um, get the airport shuttle directly to the crown plaza and it's just everything's taken care of um, it's on um, when you enroll it includes your your um, your food your lodging everything and we step into um, the the school of you and it rolls it rolls hard and it's 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 amazing and then on um, um, I have uh, there are other things on the events page um, that I'm doing but one of my favorite that's ongoing is Turnaround House. And um, people who want to experience the work for 28 days and, and <laughs> again, radically turn their life around um, are invited. And it's, uh, it's a 28-day program that, um, that, um, where we work. You know, Like the School for the Work, we do um, in 28 days what we do there in nine. And We work on the physical body, and we work on fear and terror and we work on um, on God we work on um, oh my goodness health on oh gosh, on finances and money and relationships our relationships capsule is just amazing we have a forgiveness capsule we have um one that I just love, we call it what people think of you behind your back, mm-hmm. and oh, we just have the most marvelous um the most marvelous uh segues into um these systems that um that we're believing and categories of beliefs and um it's it's just the most radical thing and and twenty eight days you know I get to watch and within within three days, I know a, a woman came with um on some like it was it was like an an eczema or something on her leg, and for years more than a decade she's um, had to cover it with socks and and different things because it's it tends to bleed and it's cracked and and dry it's just hard and and um And within three days, it started shifting. And the woman, you know, it wasn't from lack of finances that she didn't get the best doctors. She had tried everything. And within three days, it started to heal. And by the time she went home, it was done. Wow. And she had tried everything. You know, it's the truth that sets us free. Absolutely. And that's what the work is about. And I watched. Um, like on a man on um, very bipolar with seventeen years and in twelve um, step programs and on um, Alcoholics Anonymous actually. And just you know, this, this bipolar thing that's rough, that's hard mm-hmm. and he's unrecognizable. He's unrecognizable. Everything he wanted Everything he thought he'd get when he got sober, he got at Turnaround House after 17 years in, uh, in, in these, this less than a, than a month time. Just amazing to watch what happens. We had a, 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 a drug addict that came in, and she was there 28 days. And at the end of it, she was able to um, go home and give away a suitcase full of drugs to the movers. Huh. She was moving on out of her old life, gave it away, gave all of it away with a happy heart, with no, it, I mean, these stories, you know, the this, this stories that that um, happen out of this turnaround house and the school for the work, the nine-day school for the work, I'm just so privileged to be a witness and a part of of um, these major, major shifts that happen all day long at these two events, mm-hmm. and then um, I have weekend events that come up that are just they're 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 wonderful, and and I would love that anyone interested in um, in finding out more about the work um, go to thework.com and see uh, what we have in store, and and you know also. Um, Andrea, we have um, I have a hotline at thework. dot com, and people can um, go there and uh, on the homepage um, go to. Anyway, it's free. It's for everyone. Okay, so
2: I encourage you all, listeners, to go to thework. dot com and get all the information you need. Katie, you do so much marvelous work on this earth. Thank you so much for talking to our listeners today. You're You're welcome, Andrea, and thank you uh,
3: for your work.
2: Okay, and tune in again next week. We're going to be talking with Caroline Mize about entering the castle of your soul. Tune in again for that. Don't miss it. And um, just remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.